Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mind Nation podcast. My name is Jacqueline Chua and I am your host for today. Thank you for joining us. I hope you guys are safe and well. At Mind Nation, we believe that everyone has a story worth telling. Stories can be used to educate, to provide pleasure, to solve problems, and even to inspire. It can become a very powerful coping mechanism for thriving during difficult times such as now. Hearing tales of personal hardships and experiences can help us feel a greater sense of connection to one another, increase our empathy, and help reinforce our highest ideals such as compassion and kindness. Of course, not everyone is blessed with a quick wit or an extensive vocabulary. And in this technologically driven era, where anyone with a computer and an internet connection can be a blogger, a YouTuber, or a content creator, how can we share our stories and let our voices be heard above the din? Here to help us answer these questions and more is today's guest. He is an award-winning writer, publisher, and editor-at-large of leading lifestyle magazine Esquire Philippines, and a board member of the Philippine Center of International Pen, a worldwide organization of writers that seeks to promote literature and defend freedom of expression. Welcome to the show, Mr. Sarge Lacuesta. Hi, Jack. How, how are, you? are you, Sarge? Hi, how are I'm you? Good. How are you coping with ECQ Season 2? Oh, I didn't know Season 2, and I have to catch up, no? <laughs> it's, like, it's like a Netflix show. No, but really, yeah. um, you know, it's a continuing journey, you know. It's a continuing internal journey, no? Um, I don't see it as... It's something that we have to live through, I think, no? But at the same time, I'm quite aware that at the end of it, things are not going to suddenly snap back to normal. So I'm trying to be as productive as I can, trying to make ends meet you know, as, as best as I can also, just like every other Filipino you know, out there. Today's topic is all about storytelling. And I mentioned in my introduction that everyone, everyone has a story worth telling. Is that something that you also believe? Because there are people out there who feel that they are just living normal, regular lives, and their stories are not that fascinating, not enough to write a novel about or make a TV series about. What do you say to those people? You know, in fact, I believe that the opposite is uh, often true. No, There are more authentic, uh, interesting, and inspiring stories in our everyday lives. No? People just don't realize them. No, In fact, the best fiction and the best... Uh, movies or films or short stories no in my opinion no are based on actual memories no actual life experiences they're not based on extreme you know uh, events no of course hollywood has blown up you know, the idea of a tv series or a movie so much so that people audiences expect something earth shattering or mind blowing to happen no even if it's just a family drama no but there's a lot of truth that happens, you know, that really happens in family, family dramas and everyday personal dramas such as ours. I've always held to that and it's always been my conviction that there is a storyteller in everybody just as much as there's a story in everybody. You know? I'm not 
it's it's not a pat statement for me no if you look at your own life there will always be a story no whether it's your own story or the story of your family or your history or the story of the people around you no by receiving receiving these stories by appreciating these stories you create stories for yourself eh? they're your own stories na rin, eh, no and in your context no to tell a story that is affirming inspiring and also sort of consoling and comforting uh, that's something else no that's something that's uh, that i'm more concerned about so let's start with you first sarge what's your story with the basics how did you become a writer did you imagine you would reach level of success and acclaim well i don't know about success i'm going to talk about the idea of success within this answer but i was always wanting to be a writer apart from whatever it is that i was going to do my day job my father was a screenwriter no amado lacuesta junior he was a screenwriter he passed away uh, more than 20 years ago um he will he he wrote a lot of films and i guess i grew up in this sort of artistic environment no so that uh, when i was a kid i always wanted to write stories first it was poems and then stories and now i'm work finishing a novel so it's uh it's it's also a long journey no and it's um i think it was natural to me i always wanted to do that no it wasn't something that sort of uh just happened i always wanted to do that i grew up in this kind of environment where you're always watching a movie or reading a book you know about success i just i don't i don't know what that <laughs> i mean of course i okay i define my own success as the ability to express myself first you know i can talk about myself express myself i can deliver the worst ideas or the most unsavory or unpopular ideas through my characters no but then also another uh, measure of my own success no is that i can be read by other people no and when i say other people mm-hmm. i'm not asking for audience of millions no just the people who can listen to my story so mm-hmm. it started it's a very basic idea of success i suppose now let's get a little more personal When I interviewed you months ago for a Mind Nation article about men's mental health, you shared with me that you also went through mental health struggles of your own. Can you tell us about that story? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, uh, I like telling this story. And the reason why I like telling this story is that I believe that in telling our own stories, we are able to help others. First of all, uh, realize that it's okay to tell your story. And when the more you tell your story, the more people will feel they're not alone. No, I have a very interesting story. Uh, not well. See, this is what I mean. It's a boring story actually, but it's interesting to me. So when I tell it, it's my personal story, and that matters the most. No, uh, first of all, I was diagnosed with diabetes at a young age. I was like 32, I think, or something like that. Uh, it's quite young considering there's no diabetes in my family, so it was based on stress. I had a very stressful uh, young career because I had started my own advertising agency very very early in life. No, I was in my twenties. Um, it was so it's stress-induced diabetes. Shortly after that, I was diagnosed with depression, and all throughout, I was trying to put up a company and put and get it running. It's not that easy. No, uh, we were on the brink so many times. No. Um, <clears throat> and uh and then years later i was diagnosed as being bipolar no um and then um and, and i'm writing something about this um 
several years later, I, I suffered a heart attack. No? These three things are all connected. No? Diabetes is one of, uh, depression is one of the side effects of diabetes, no? low, of low blood sugar. It really messes your entire system. No? And obviously, heart problems are part of it. And I went through an angioplasty during the heart attack. Uh, surprisingly, it was one of the least painful <laughs> moments of my life. No? Uh, I sailed through it, and I'm here. And I just had a, in fact, I had my uh, annual sort of radioactivity test. It's called a modified something procedure, no? where you run a treadmill with, with radioactive uh, uh, substance running through your veins so they know if you have a blockage. No? So uh, thankfully, you know, it was clear. So I don't know what kind of, what number life I'm on. You know, but um, it's all part of a journey. I'm happy to be still on it. It's like, parang may, may suspense, may drama, may action part. Parang may action, because I, I look the, the reason I, I, I literally drove myself to the hospital. You know, while mm. I was having my heart attack. And uh, when you have a heart attack, pala, you don't really. Sometimes you don't feel pain. I didn't feel any pain, right? Or you, I didn't feel any acute pain. So parang after some time, they, they injected me with a, a lot of meds. No? After some time, it, I, asked, I, I was in the ER. No? I asked the nurse, so nurse, paano ba to, no? uh, I survived my first heart attack. No? Isn't that great? She said, sir, you're still having your heart attack right now. Right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there are a lot of light. light there are a lot of light moments, moments that I can laugh about now. But they certainly changed me um, and hopefully changed me into a better person. Okay. Yes. And but I'm curious, how did you know you were having a heart attack at that time? Oh yeah, that's a, that's a great question because I know chest pain can be like chest pain, right? I woke up in the middle oh. of the night. I woke up in the middle of the night with a uh, crushing feeling on my chest. Sabi ko for a while, ah, maybe it's just stress because I I I'd, I'd been drinking the night before. No, um, I like to drink, no, uh, for pleasure, no. So I'd been drinking the night before, and I woke up like a few hours later. I felt this pressure in my chest, and I said, "Why oh, yeah, So I took some. I, I was on. I, I was on meds because I, again, I was, bi, I was bipolar. I'm bipolar, right? So I took some anti-anxiety meds. Parang di pa rin walang anxiety. Parang di pa rin walang pressure. So I go, "Well, I guess this is it." No. So I put on my. I put. I changed from my pajamas into my uh, lounge pants, into my my track suit, no. And then I drove to the hospital parked the car in front of the emergency room and just went straight inside and said, I think I'm having a heart attack. No. Uh, yeah, it's probably the best decision I made in my life. <laughs> mm, yes, to listen to your body. Yeah, to, to listen to your body and to think. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people say, and then, wala to. it's just stress. Wala, you know? yan, wala. Yeah, there are How moments that I've been... This was in 20, 2018. Actually, it's, it's like... Oh, in 20, the third anniversary, you know? Like February 28th. 2018, no? Mm -hmm. So, I yes. didn't expect to talk about this during this <laughs> podcast, but I, I, I did expect to write about this down the line. So, yeah, I will. Mm -hmm. no? But, but <laughs> that, that that is very, like, to me, it's very educational, and I hope our listeners pick up yes, on that. Yes, I think this is the reason why I want to talk about it. Yes, this is the reason why I wanted to talk about it. Also, as a man, as a man, because parang it's hard. Look, I have been through a night of semi-hard drinking, you know, if you can call that. And then I woke up feeling this thing on my chest. And usually it's like acid or stress, you know. Mm. Uh, I, I, I lead a very stressful life because of my work, because of my businesses, no? So it took a certain level of confidence in yourself, you know, and honesty to admit that 
this is something else. But you have to know talaga the symptoms, you know, a pain mm-hmm. and then left something on your left side, you know, whether it's an, so, uh, an aching left arm or an aching uh, like left part of your torso. Don't doubt, no? Just go. No, just go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and be brave enough to ask for help. Be brave enough to ask for help and to tell people, you know, I think I'm having a heart attack. You know, funnily, that's yeah. one of the like hardest things to say. Parang, I think I'm mm-hmm. having a heart attack. You know? or, or I think I'm unwell, especially for a man. Diba? Actually, yeah, oh, and I, we keep going to that. And, and I, I, I do want, like to keep going to that because talagang men, alam mo, it's depressing how, <laughs> you know, how they can be so tough on others and yet not tough on themselves. There is a, mm-hmm. there's a lot of double standards going on as if they will never be affected when statistically they're the ones most affected by it. At the same time, um, there's a lot of sort of stigma attached to people who have had heart attacks. You know, mm-hmm. heart attack survivors are seen as parang weaker na sila or parang they're, they're, they're less able to do things, you know. But now, um, well, I don't know if it's a good... <laughs> I, like drink- I still like drinking. And I, I'm healthier than ever, actually, you know. Thanks to that, mm-hmm. I became aware of my health. Yes, and it's not just physical health, even mental health issues, stigma. There's also that stigma against it. Uh-oh. So it's a two-part question. So the first part is, why is it so hard for people to share stories despite all the efforts of so many people to reduce the stigma about mental health? Up to now, it's still very hard for people to talk about it. And it leads me to my next question. Why should people move past this stigma and talk about their hardships, whether it's mental health hardships or their other forms of hardships? I think people need to realize that telling their stories, no? when they tell their stories, it's part of therapy. It's part of getting well when you tell your stories. When you don't tell your stories or you keep it to yourself and you put on a face, no? you put on a brave face or a poker face or a brave life, so to speak, no? Um, you're not necessarily being healthy. You're just acting healthy, no? Being able to talk about things honestly and clearly and be able to talk about your weaknesses, that's part of getting better. That's part of getting healthier, no? Uh, when a story is told, no, I believe that it's lived, no? By the, relived by the teller, diba? For example, when I talk about what happened to me, I can't help but remember it and relive it, no? And when you remember that, you go through a bit of therapy. You know? It's not just even like physically, like uh, like uh, conscious therapy. You, know? you just go through it. And just by telling it, you sort of realize that you're a different person. You're a unique, unique person with unique needs. And you went through something unique. You know? When you tell somebody about it, that person will either learn from it you know? and live it themselves, meaning the burden is shared. You know? And also they will realize that it can happen to anybody. Um, I think men in particular are so used to sort of the leadership handed to them by the patriarchy. There's a baked in sort of expectancy of leadership from them. No? However, it's funny that they don't lead in this area. They don't lead in sharing their dramas or their struggles. No? It's part of being a person. Right? And I think that um, we should be able to... I mean. It's funny how now in the age of social media where everybody overshares, no, I know what you've eaten for breakfast. I know what you ate for dinner. Diba? I, I literally know like what you're listening to at the moment. Diba? If I follow you on Spotify, but I don't know what your frame of mind is. 
you're still shy to share with me what your frame of mind is. No? So I do believe in telling stories and I do believe in being open and honest. No? But social media is another thing. I'll talk about that when we continue. What advice can you give to people who want to overcome this fear, who want to overcome this stigma? I think this is where telling a story or writing helps a lot. No? I think the internet has really opened up, and it's a great thing. No? It's opened up the idea of text as a way to communicate. Remember before, kailangan magbarkadahan pa kayo, magkikita kayo, di ba? And then you'll talk about things, and then you go home, right? Now, barkadahan means you join a, a chat group, right? Wherever, which, whichever platform, no? So really, the primary mode of sharing now is through text, no? So literally, people are taught more or know more how to deliver their feelings, how to deliver their experiences through text. Instagram, of course, is another thing. That's a lifestyle thing. But now you're used to telling friends about how you feel. You're used to telling friends about what you're going to do. Um, this sort of expression through text is what one of the good things that the internet has brought on, brought to us. And I think um, this is a great way to overcome your fear of getting over yourself, of doing things despite yourself. I'm not a person to share things. Eh? I'm not a person who will talk about my fears or my struggles. Eh? Writing mm -hmm. it down will help you overcome that. Whether you're writing it mm -hmm. to yourself on a notepad or on, on in, in the cloud or on a blog, diba? or writing it to others, like sharing it with others in text. The pandemic is a perfect sort of opportunity for that, to practice this sort of sharing, remote sharing. No? The internet is nothing mm -hmm. if, not it's, if not remote sharing. But what do you say to people who say, oh, I'm not a writer, I, I have poor spelling, I have bad grammar, people will laugh at me if I yeah. write it out? I, I understand that. No? And, and, you know, that's the difference. And I, I was going to talk about that. No? Mainstream social media is a toxic marketplace. I want to say that. No? Uh, hindi lang it can be toxic, it is toxic no? uh, for me. No? Uh, I, I do participate in it, but I know that it's a toxic environment. You know, um, People put themselves out there and, you know, they're obsessed with likes and shares and engagement. Mm -hmm. They're not really obsessed with the sort of engagement that a friend can give you. You know, somebody likes your, your post and who is this person? You know, I know him from work or I know him from school or from wherever, right? He's not my friend, no? And yet I parang get some thrill from sharing this. Of course, there's a point in that, no? But also know that your data is being exploited. Also know that this is being fed, no? your sort of desire for likability. No? That's, out for me, that's kind of outside, you know, it's, it's got kind of outside. That's for, for people who are used to sharing. Like, for example, mm -hmm. I'm used to sharing as a writer. But for people who are not, for people who are getting out of their shell, go to the other side of social media. You know, messaging. That's a great platform. Forums like Reddit. I find that a great platform. This is an anonymous forum where everybody speaks. Everybody can speak. It's moderated by somebody who calls out those who are impolite or unfair no, or rude or downright rude. And you're able to share of yourself. No? Um, social media is not the only thing that the internet has given us. I think I would like people to re realize that. No? That it's not just Facebook. No? It's not just this area where likes and shares are the currency. You know? There are a lot of other forums and a lot of other platforms you know, 
where you can talk freely. You know? Recently, there's Clubhouse where you can talk. You don't, it's not measured by the number of people in your room. You can have three people in a room in Clubhouse. Talk freely. And if somebody enters that you don't like or you feel like you're being uh, sort of spied on or you feel uncomfortable, just leave. You know? uh, so I think uh, uh, technology is a great thing. No, but we have to identify which is helpful to us and which is not. When you're out there, there's also the risk. Well, not really risk. It can really happen that people will say, oh, you're just sharing because you want attention or you're just sharing because you want people to pity you or you get bashed actually for sharing. Absolutely. So no, people do get bashed for sharing. Yeah. As a storyteller, how should you handle these kinds of negative comments and naysayers and bullies? On my wall, for example, are a lot of writers and artists and young, sensitive people. You know? I have to say, they were my students, or I workshop them, or they're my plain friends. I have a lot of young friends. You know? And I see a lot of them making very, very honest posts about how they feel. I love it. You know? It's great because they're able to share of themselves and they, they have an audience. And a number of times... Some of them have shared uh, very, very depressing thoughts, depressed thoughts. No, They say they're depressed. So people do reach out to them that way. I think that's great. There is a sort of social contract between them and their friends around social media. Now, when some get, someone gets bashed or gets canceled, worse than that, right? that's even that's the danger. That is the danger of that. Um, this is why I think it's very, very uh, important that a person determines their sort of appetite for engagement, you know, appetite mm -hmm. for that kind of interaction. I have, I have a friend who's, who likes to share things and then that's it. No? Or somebody like issues a critical statement no? or a critical comment or a comment that's kind of critical, no? borderline critical. They're immediately hating themselves, you know, hating their day. Um, you can't blame them, but at the same time, you want to tell them, you know, it's because of the medium you chose. No, it is a commercial medium where engagement is being pushed. You know, where likes are being traded and your data is being used. So don't expect, you know, summer camp. Yeah. So this is why I'm also sort of offering. I'm also so thankful for other platforms, like your platform, for example, no, or forums like Reddit again, no? or forums like Clubhouse. Where people are more open, they can. Sh people are more accepted. Um, it's it, but it's a it is a real crisis. We have reached this crisis. No, there was a time when the internet was a kind place. No, uh, now, not so much. No, maybe it will redound to, or it will settle down in the near future. One hopes. No, into a place that's more welcoming to a lot of people. No, into a safe, a real safe space. No, now. It's a, it's a crapshoot. Eh? When you wake up in the morning and make a post, you don't know how you feel about it five hours later. It depends on what the, the comments are. It depends on how many likes you get. No? Um, as a person who's also on social media, I know that feeling. And I'm not, gonna be, I'm not going to be above it and say, oh, no, I don't have that feeling. I don't care about likes. Of course I care about people liking or loving my post. Of course I care about people who are critical of my comments, no? of my statements. But I think... Now, when it comes to the medium, such as writing or photography or any other medium, no, music, for example, I think those are really great ways of telling stories. In fact, I have a lecture coming up you know, that, uh, that I'm offering free, free to the public you know, uh, where uh, one half of the lecture is about recognizing stories in mediums 
that are not writing. For example, in music videos or in music or in paintings, no? stories, actual stories, not just images, not just ideas, but real narratives. I think it's great for us to be able to, it's a great moment for us. People don't realize that you can actually make a video in a few hours that expresses how you feel. No? Um, people don't realize that. And it's just a little leap inside you that you need to take. What three, three to five advice or tips can you give them so that they can tell their story effectively? Okay, three. Okay. I actually have a lecture coming up on this. No? I'll, I'll give you three, parang, three tips on how, to, on how to learn to tell a story. No? The first is memory. No? You remember things. No? A story is always found, for me, a good story or a great story is always founded in memory. No, in other words, it's a real story that happened to you. You might embellish it, you might change it, you might transform it. It, it becomes another story, another kind of story, fantasy or another genre, but it's still rooted in memory. You know? The second is sort of resolution. When you tell a story again and again to yourself, you're learning to resolve it, why it happened. I'm a, bit, I'm a great believer in realism, you know? which means I don't believe... In, an, in, an, in a beginning, a middle, and an end for a story. Our stories are not like that. Uh, this is the end of my chapter. I'm you know, our stories overlap. Our stories are continuing. So I think resolution comes in when we tell our stories and we realize, ah, itong insight na naabot ko because of this moment. That's the resolution of that story. It's not an ending, but it's a resolution. And I think that's an important uh, way. No? The third is learning. No, and teaching. No? When you tell a story, be aware also that you're learning it. No? You're relearning yourself through that. No? You're learning how your mind works. You're learning how you are as a person. You are as a person who interacts. So those are the three sort of ways. So it's not a waste. No? Now, the other side of it, the other side of it, and this is what I also love to talk about, is that in the stories we tell, the reason why I encourage people to tell their story in whatever way they want, there's always the unspeakable. I call it the ineffable. There's always that emotion or that insight na hindi mo kaya explain kung isulat mo sa thesis, college thesis, no, or as an essay. Otherwise, why would I write a story? I'll write na lang an explanatory note, di ba? This is how it feels to be an OFW who is stranded abroad during the pandemic, di ba? But there's always an unspeakable part of a story na hindi mo masabi kung ano yung meaning. And that's beautiful. That's where life is. That's where the, that's, sometimes that's where joy is, di ba? But, and that's, sometimes that's where pain is. But when we know that, no, we open something up inside of us, di ba? The unspeakable, di ba? Number two, something changes. No? A story is when something changes. It doesn't matter if you didn't change. No? Sometimes in telling a story, you find something changing in yourself while you're telling it. Or sometimes you realize your circumstances change because of it. Or other people change toward you because of it. Diba? Those are the things. No? Um, the third part of the story is the most is sort of the evolved part of it where you, you make it your story. No? You start owning up to it. You claim ownership and responsibility for that story. No? You put a byline on it. Diba? And you say, this is my name. Diba? And this is my story. That's the ultimate parang. For me, that is a goal. No? When you say that, 
you achieve a kind of learning na, yeah, you accept yourself and you tell people to accept you. you ask, you're asking people to accept you. Diba? And this is where you finally, I guess, because it's a continuing journey. No? I don't know if I'm there, but this is where I guess you'll start saying, it doesn't matter how many readers you have, how many listeners you have, how many likes you get. You told your story and you're confident that the people who can be touched by your stories or inspired by your stories, the people you want those stories to reach, they get it. They receive it. No? And that's where the circle is complete. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's therapeutic and it's, and it's such an invigorating and very affirmative, aff- affirming story for everybody concerned. Thank you. Thank you, Sarge. Any last words? Um, any thoughts? You'd, anything else you'd like to share? Um, no, I, I just want to talk about the pandemic a little bit because we're on our second, uh, you know, ECQ. Um, things are, we are really the worst performing, you know, country. I, mean, I just want to say it, you know, factually that we are the worst performing in the region in terms of our pandemic response. So yes, it's going to take a longer time. It's going to take an indefinite time. Um, Things are going to get dark. They have gotten dark. What I just want to say is that my own journey was difficult for this pandemic because I had businesses that were in the worst hit sector, the services. At the same time, uh, I had the family to feed. At the same time, I had the novel to finish because I was under a contract to finish it. But so I went through a period of darkness, and you know, all I I did not write the novel. I stopped writing. I focused on other things. Uh, focused on the family. Focused on friends. You know, um, and I realized that you just have to have faith in your own rhythms. You know, if you feel dark, it's okay. You know, it's part of your rhythm. Uh, parang if. You don't know your rhythm yet because this has never happened to us in, our, in this age, diba? or even in previous ages. No? Uh, we just have to have faith that we will find that rhythm. No? Uh, this kind of, it's normal to be up and down. It's normal to be down and down. You know? um, once we find that rhythm and we're able to tell our stories and we're able to share it with others, uh, we're open enough, that's the beginning. No? We have to be able to learn to deal with it ourselves. Nobody else is going to do that for us. And I should say also that, um, lastly, you know, that the most effective or the most receptive audience you'll have is the one closest to you. you know? Whoever it is you know, that's closest to you. The, the person who sleeps beside you or if you live alone, the person you interact with most on social media. You know? Seek them out. You know? Engage them. Talk to them. Right? Make friends. Um, we need to fi- you, you need to fight this, but you also need to sort of be a little bit observant of, about yourself and how your rhythms play out. You know? But it always helps to have somebody there play it out with you and observe you along, along with yourself, you know, observing you. Thank you very much, Sarge, for sharing your time, your thoughts, and your expertise with us. Do you, you have so any projects that you'd like to plug? Your lecture, your upcoming lecture. I have an like upcoming it. lecture. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to be on April ten, but since it's lockdown, parin, and um, it's being sponsored by my publisher Ateneo de Manila Press, we're moving it to April seventeen. No, it's called uh, Seeing Stories and Telling Stories. It's 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 a it's free to the public. It's open to the public, but you just have to register. 
Um, it's a very light lecture on appreciating the story in our daily lives and also learning how to tell the story. Where can people register? I, 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 we're still putting together the, the link, no? So Ateneo de Manila Press is coming out with it. What they can do is um, I'll make the I'll, I'll announce it on my page, on my Facebook page, and I'll make the announcement public. Uh, my Facebook page is private. Uh, I'll, I'll make the announcement public uh, soon in a couple of days so that people mm-hmm. can register. I'll be happy to see you there. Yeah. Exciting. For people who want to engage with you, how can they get in touch with you? Oh, they can, like, they can Facebook me. Or uh, I'm on Instagram also, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are the just you know. I think Instagram is, is, is for me. Uh, Facebook or Instagram, and they can just friend me there, you know. Charge Lacosta. <laughs> yep. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I'm funnier on Instagram. So like on Facebook, I'm political. On Instagram, I'm funnier. So they can choose like which side of me. <laughs> <laughs> they want to see. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Sarge. Thanks so, so much. For, Thanks so much. For all of our listeners, thank you again for joining us in today's episode. We hope our conversation convinces you that everyone has a story. It may not be a grand love story or one full of scandal and intrigue, but it could just be a story of dreams, of friendship, of hope are of finding your rhythm. These stories define who we are and who we become. And they may not necessarily change the world, but if they can change even just one person or even just yourself, then that is a story worth telling. For all our listeners who have questions about our discussion today, you can reach out to us through email through our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Mind Nation. And for those in the Middle East at themindnation.arabia or through our website, www.themindnation.com. For those in the Philippines, we offer 24-7 online sessions with our licensed psychologists and well-being coaches. You can book your slots now through FB Messenger or email us, book at themindnation.com. Bye, everyone.